next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. This week's episode, Episode 60, is Unmanned Aircraft Systems Airspace Operations Challenge, which we will delve right into. I think this is a great, great topic, and we've got some good guests. Um, but before we get bring the guests on, as you, per usual, we like to say hello and offer a warm welcome to our co-host, who's not tardy today, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. I am getting better, aren't I? Yeah, did you get rid of that Chinese alarm clock? Uh, as a matter of fact, I did, but I had to set it three times before I got it right, but you know how that goes. But I'm here, and I'm happy. I, I think that uh, this is going to be a good show. I'm looking forward to, to talking about some of this stuff that these guys are doing. Oh, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity, and I'm uh, definitely looking forward to hearing more about it. And I, I think it's uh, it's something if I had more time, I'd definitely want to jump in on. Uh, I think it's, a, again, a real opportunity. But before we get on to that, um, on to today's subject, Gene, uh, as usual, we like to talk a little bit about the news, and uh, we did a little bit before the uh, show went live. But um, let's talk about some of the news stories, amigo. Yeah, I think probably the biggest one at the forefront of everyone's mind is the hexacopter that went in at the Bull Run in Virginia. And, you know, as as I kind of stated earlier, we appreciate, you know, Miley Cyrus taking the heat off of some of this stuff for us, but I think that one is going to come back. And, and we're going to see a lot of, lot of repercussions from this. I think that there's going to be some movement uh, that we're not going to want to like to see. And the unfortunate thing about it is is that we, we've discussed this. You know, the community-based standards that were put together by our CAPA address this sort of thing. And I think we said um, uh, 150 yards or 100 yards. Yes, uh, from uh, away from open-air-type crowds like that, which I think yeah, is... Uh, yeah. Is is pretty sage advice. Keep yourself out of trouble. And I mean, you know, I have to be honest. Even when I started out, I was, I did some stuff that was marginal, but uh, without doing it where there was no one else around. And, and but you know, I mean, you can't. You, I think people. That's another thing with this technology is a lot of people. Um, they say, oh, you know, what could go wrong? You know, it's it's really is a 4D type of environment that you're flying in, and lots can go wrong. You know, uh, gust of wind, downdraft, um, you know, equipment failure. That's another thing I've really noticed, too, is, and, and this is probably since you probably noticed this, too, there's a real uh, flight to economy instead of quality in, in parts. Have you noticed that, too, Gene? Indeed, and, and unfortunately, there are overseas markets that are being flooded that we have access to. Obviously, and uh, you know everybody is trying to get the best bang for the buck, and that bang sometimes is not the bang that you want. That fuse may be a little short, and you still got that firecracker in your fingers. Exactly, and uh, it. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, I think these guys had didn't they have one of those uh, red cameras on there? So I don't, I don't know, but uh, I do think that was bad. I, I do, I know there, the, the, there's talk of an investigation um, from some of the federal uh, groups 
we'll just call it that. Um, two of the groups are, are going to open an investigation on that. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I do think uh, they'll probably get cited, but uh, or at least get some sort of cease and desist letter. That's another thing delving into. There are a few, or there's one court case coming up on somebody who I know a lot of people thought had a flagrant disregard for the safety of the NAS. We'll have to see how that pans out. Um, there's a few things going on there. But I, I do the Miley Cyrus thing, too bad. The VMAs are only once a year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, you, you got to hand it to her. She's she's really kind of jumped out there front and center. And you know what they say in Hollywood? It's you know, as long as they're talking about it, it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. So she's getting her wish. Yeah, I don't know if that worked too well for the uh, the this industry. We've been getting only only the bad. Although people are trying to chime in with the good, so we'll have to see. But it's hard to have a lot of good when you don't have a legal industry. But. I think that kind of segues us right into segment one and our and our guests. Um, first, let me introduce uh, Dr. Larry Cooper, uh, and uh, he's from NASA. And um, Larry, um, as we bring you on here, could you please introduce yourself to the audience with a little bit of a little bio, what you do, how you got involved with uh, unmanned aircraft systems, please? Okay, uh, glad to, Patrick. Um, I'm the <clears throat> program executive for the NASA Centennial Challenge program, and it's you know that's one of nine programs that's, that comprises our Space Technology Mission Directorate here at NASA headquarters, and we 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 develop technology to support major advancements in the NASA mission ca you know, capabilities, and I've been in this program for a bit over two years. I started my career with NASA working on aeronautics and uh, space propulsion systems uh, at NASA Glenn in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm a graduate of the aerospace engineering program out of the University of Illinois. Excellent. And just a sideline question: Did you did you happen to do any work with the uh, while you were in Ohio with uh, the Aerostat program that they had? No, I didn't. Okay, so just yeah, I, I do some work with the Battle Lab. We have a, an aerostat, and it was actually working at Glenn uh, over there and, and doing some work in Ohio and whatnot. Just curious if if, if that was uh, something you were involved in too. Sideline, um, but that's pretty interesting. Uh, Michael, could you please do the same, sir? I can. Thanks, Patrick. I'm uh, Michael Hetley. I'm the program executive for the. Aeronautics Research Mission Directorate, Prizes and Challenges here at Headquarters NASA. Uh, ARMD is one of the four core lines of business here in uh, NASA, uh, one of the mission directorates. And uh, I work with the Integrated Systems Research Program Office uh, within ARMD. And uh, we're concentrating on proven technologies that perform testing and validation in operational and relevant environments to uh, help us transition and advance those technologies into the aerospace sector. So I've been here at NASA about four years. Uh, my current role as a program executive uh, happened uh, uh, earlier in the spring this year. Previously, I had been the executive officer here in aeronautics, and uh, my background in education is from the California State University system out west. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm out here in California. Do you miss California? <laughs> Uh, I do like miss the weather. I do have to tell you, August here on the East Coast is uh, it's a little hard to take after you've been out west. <laughs> I know it only rains on the weekends when you plan things, right? Is that <laughs> kind of the common thing? 
<laughs> I noticed that. I can't plan anything on the weekend because it's going to rain. But, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, I do love the weather out here. You know what you're going to get all the time. Um, well, that was very interesting. Um, and, and, you know, Larry, you, you kind of went into the Centennial Challenge concept a little bit. Um and and I and I I I think that's a great uh, concept. But uh, how, how does that kind of fit into this contest? And, and what was the let's say the impetus behind this contest? Well, let me start by kind of framing for your you know your audience is you know, what the Centennial Challenge's program is all about, and it's 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 a prize competition program. It's it's unique in the agency. Um, you know, we use prizes as a way to incentivize the development of technology as compared to using grants and, and contracts, which is kind of our traditional way of developing uh, techno- uh, technologies. So it's a program that started you know, back in 2005, and it builds on a, a long, long history of using prize uh, competitions to foster innovation, uh, dating all the way back to the Longitude Prize, which the British government offered back in the 1700s for coming up with a way to accurately determine the position of, of their ships at sea, and all leading all the way up to you know, things you know, like uh, you know, the, the competition that Lindbergh won for crossing the, being the first solo flight across the Atlantic, and then more recently things like you know, prizes that you know, the XPRIZE Foundation has run, uh, such as the Ansari XPRIZE, which was the uh, commercialization of uh, sending you know, people into uh, into space. So it, it builds on a, a long history of prize competitions, and it really you know, has value to, to NASA you know, in that it brings out non-traditional players to, you know, to, you know, to participate. It's not just the, the usual aerospace industry uh, uh, you know, contractors and, you know, and grantees. Uh, it allows NASA to look at several approaches to solving a single problem simultaneously. And, and probably best of all is that we actually don't pay out any money until we actually have somebody who is solved our problem for us. So those are the things that work on the NASA side you know, for why we like to do these things. Competitors like to do them because, you know, it's, as a non-traditional player, you're basically judged on what you've accomplished, you know, in terms of technology demonstration, not being picked on what you propose, if you, if you will, you know, and, and your proposal writing skills. And, you also get to retain the intellectual property that you develop. You, know, you, you, know, you as a competitor, own your intellectual property, and you have the rights you know, to use that intellectual property to you know, build or create a business if you'd like. So right. those are some of the things that, that you know, draws competitors into this whole thing. Right, and that would be – oops, sorry, go ahead. No, it, and I, the other thing that competitors get out of this is they get – a great deal of visibility from p- competing in one of our competitions, visibility that they would probably never be able to afford otherwise. Uh, you know, if you're a small you know, garage, you know, operation, something like that, you know, you, you can imagine the opportunity here that's presented by being featured you know, on, you know, the, on the NASA 
uh, you know, co you know, competitions and you know the promotions that go along with that. Uh, absolutely, and uh, I think that that is the big value of that. And when I first got wind of this contest, I was started telling people, really, this is, uh, you know. I would say who even whoever comes in at the top three on this is you know you you've got a let's say a legacy talking point. Oh, we were involved in this, and and our solution came in second or third. Even you you you're still you're a player. And it's funny you talk about the garage tinkers because I did get I had asked Tad McGear for a copy of that picture of the uh, Arosan on the bench in his garage. <laughs> as I think of Tad McGear as the quintessential. Garage Tinker, you know, even though uh, he's developed the Arison and the Scan Eagle, he still <laughs> did it in the garage. Um, and then, so, uh, my, uh, Michael, would you like to add in on the, on the Centennial Challenge concept? Well, I think uh, I'd like to talk, Patrick, a little bit about um, why, why NASA's uh, doing this in the first place. And uh, I would point out that NASA's had a history of supporting research, development, and flight tests for many types of UASs that are being used entirely for civilian purposes. And so when we look at the civil future, uh, we look at unmanned aircraft systems as being integrated into that. Uh, UAS promised to uh, dramatically change the face of commercial aviation, which enable whole new markets and potentially spur economic growth and job creation. So for us, when we look at uh, industry forecasts, UAS operations will increase exponentially once they're fully integrated within the national airspace system. So today in the United States, there are about 50 companies, universities, and government organizations developing more than 150 uh, different unmanned aircraft designs. So uh, when we look at the fundamental goals of uh, integrating the UAS into the NAS, uh, it is a natural progression for us to pick up a centennial challenge because it's a hard problem to solve. And uh, we want to reduce the technical barriers related to the safety and operational challenges that are associated with doing that and enabling routine UAS civil access to the NAS. Right. And so the premise of this, this contest, the, the uh, UAS AOC, is uh, primarily for sense and avoid, correct? That is correct. Uh, we want to uh, do sense and avoid. Uh, the purpose of the project uh, in the first place is to support NASA in investigating how unpiloted or remotely piloted aircraft can safely operate in the same airspace as other piloted aircraft, robotic aircraft, and their operators. Um, so, you know, here when we talk about sense and avoid, we're talking about creating a realistic air traffic environment where uh, academic, public, private, and commercial UAS operators can demonstrate that they've successfully developed and integrated the technologies needed to operate safely in the NAS. Uh, and so it is, sense and avoid is a, is a key enabler. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, let me give uh, Gene a chance to, to jump in here. Gene, are there any comments that you'd like to make as you've been listening yeah, to I, this? Yeah, I kind of figured that uh, a lot of the stuff that you guys collect would uh, help build standards as well. I know one of the things that we've tried to, to push for a long time is, you know, getting those those standards that uh, could be used in a commercial basis, and, and you'll be getting that sort of information too. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, and so when we start to talk about goals of the competition and some of the things that NASA would like, in the fundamental R&D arena, uh, the data set is, in fact, uh, something that we want and some of our other governmental 
stakeholder organizations would want to see as well, and it is geared, uh, as you mentioned, towards the standards. And 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 the follow up on that would be is is there uh, have you guys developed like some sort of baseline matrix for the data that you're trying to collect? Uh, is there like some sort of log or or has something like that been developed or is that in the works? It is. In fact, um, part of the competition uh, when we do this, we're going to be doing by the way two phases of competition, a level one and a level two. Uh, and the level one is going to be focusing on the competitor's ability to fly a four-dimensional trajectory or a 4DT to provide an expectation of where the vehicles are supposed to be in flight. And so all of the aspects of the flight and the competition are going to be tracked on uh, various forms of data collection and management, including uh, the devices that we're actually going to have on the vehicles to sense and avoid during the competition. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Uh, you know, the, the the data part of it is is definitely important. Uh, and one other side question that I, I had on this is: this uh, in conjunction, or is it stand alone from the UAS into the NAS project that NASA is doing? Yeah, Patrick, that's a good question. Uh, in fact, I worked for the uh, ISRP, the uh, program office, and the UAS in the NAS project is one of our pursuits uh, within the ISRP. So it is uh, actually a part of it. Uh, we actually put a link on the uh, NASA webpage for ARMD that uh, is called the Unmanned Aerial Systems Airspace Operations Challenge. So it's uh, something you can read or the listeners can read for right off the bat. Uh, but again, there, there is um, the need to routinely uh, access the NAS and uh, Part of the limitation now is, as we were talking earlier, the lack of sense and avoid concepts and technologies that are interoperable right now in the NAS. So uh, from NASA's perspective, it is directly related to the UAS and the NAS project. Interesting. Okay. Well, so that's uh, that's that's good to know because that's uh, we we've had uh, we had Chuck Johnson on the show not too long ago, and we had talked to him about some of the goals of that project, and we are big supporters of that. And uh, that's another reason I wanted to have you guys on too, is a supporting uh, what's going on here. Uh, I read over some of the documentation. Of course, we we try and uh, bring that down a level so uh, people that haven't read about it can understand that. But uh, you know, anything we can do here at SUS News to help, we we, we want to be able to uh, help you guys with this goal because we believe uh, most of what you espoused about how this is the future of aviation and uh, the promise that it has for in the commercial sector basically to help all kinds of different businesses. We're firm believers in that, so I will put that out there that we're always here to help on that. Um, so I, I understand some of the goals. We talked about... Um, or you mentioned uh, that there were several phases, and and maybe we can kind of uh, parse out the phases and, and talk about um, because it is also split over time, correct? There's like phase one is one year, and then phase two is the next year. Well, the, the phase phase two will follow phase one when we have some winners at phase one, where you know we may or may not get a winner the first time out you know out of the box. It's uh, not at all untypical for our challenge to take a couple of of offerings before we have winners. So after that, yeah, like the X Prize one. Yeah, it's, it's similar. Yeah, well, and, uh, I mean, there, there have been several attempts at those. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, we are talking about breaking new ground. So the first phase is, is uh, before we move on, is predicated on someone wins phase one. Correct. And, and maybe maybe you could talk about the the goals, let's say, for phase one for the winner, for people out there listening, taking notes on how they're going to bring down phase one. What what would they need to do? <laughs> well, uh, Patrick, this is Michael. I'll, I'll be happy to talk a little bit about that. So, I got my uh, paper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we envisioned the challenge and we started to look at what we wanted, we originally thought it would be about a year apart. Um, so our, our first phase uh, that we're planning for is in May 2014. And uh, we already have a set of dates nominally that uh, we picked. We've worked with an allied organization. And we're looking at the challenge event first being conducted at what's known as Himsel Airfield at the Camp Atterbury Range near Edinburgh, Indiana. And just for geographical uh, reference, it's about 40 miles south of Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, pretty close uh, to the Indianapolis Airport, if you were to drive due south. So, so that's our event location uh, right now, and uh, our allied organization uh, is uh, shooting for the five to nine May 2014 date, and uh, we hope that that'll that'll be what we go with. So that said, uh, the challenge is is, is uh, going to be in two parts. The phase one challenge, which is um, known to us as P1C, uh, will be held uh, at that location and will focus on a competitor's ability to operate a UAS that can fly within a planned uh, route corridor, employ automatic dependent surveillance broadcast, or ADSB, and also receive, detect, and avoid cooperative air traffic information, and then operate safely in a variety of contingency situations that we set up for the challenge. So a winner at that competition uh, for the half million dollar purse would successfully demonstrate those elements and be able to do it uh, at a better level than the other competitors. And what are we talking about prize money for phase one? I just got to see if I'm going to put the notebook away. What, what, are, we talking, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, half a million dollars as a, as a prize purse. And we're and uh, really phase talking one? phase one. That's right. All right. I got the, the, the notebooks back on the desk. Half a million. <laughs> Okay, half a million. There it is. Okay, and um, and and so as far as those solutions, that you can partner with kind of whoever you want. You can. Is there what the, the rules? Uh, what are what are the rules on that? Can I enlist whoever I want, or and and use whatever? Yeah, I yeah you you can. <clears throat> the, the the way these things are set up is that we we encourage you know, Basically, anybody that wants to to compete in the competition. There are a couple of people from a couple of countries or organizations from a couple of countries that we're prohibited from law from having you know having a relationship with. Uh, and those, those countries are listed on what's called the designated country list. Um, and you know they they are the usual suspects that you you might think of like North Korea and places like that. But, yeah, but other, than, other than those groups, uh, we, we we encourage you know, foreign competitors you know, to enter the competition. Now, that being said, by law, we're not allowed to award a prize funds to anyone other than a U.S. citizen, a permanent resident of the United States, or a company which is 
organized and maintaining a primary place of business in the United States. And so Fair one might ask, well, why would these other organizations, other country, people from other countries compete in our challenges? And the answer is for them, it's it's about publicity, recognition, notoriety, if you will, um, and and what you know all that goes along with it. If you know if they can come and, and say that they're the be- you know, turned out to be the best in the world, you know what they're going to walk away with is probably much more valuable than you know, a, a share of the half million dollar prize. I would concur with that, and I have encouraged. Uh, I, I like I said, first get wind of this. I was thinking companies. Uh, if I was you know one of these uh, sequestration companies, and I'm looking to make a name for myself, and say, hmm. How can I make a name for myself? Even like you said, if you were a foreign-based company um, and you were able to pull this one out of the hat and you developed a product, you'd uh, you'd be kind of in the proverbial catbird seat. Yeah. So I I, and I do think there's value. Had, yeah, and we and we've had you know teams from other countries participate in some of our other challenges. We we ran a cha- a robotics challenge just this last June, and we had a team of university students from Canada. And then another team from Estonia, uh, you know, came in and both did quite well in the competition. Excellent. Well, yeah, and, and uh, I think that uh, global co- cooperation thing is great, and I think that uh, the goal is great. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to hear it's open to all comers, and with those certain stipulations, and some people can't play nice in the sandbox. So let's talk about uh, phase two. Let's talk about what 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 happens in phase two. Uh, to because I still have the notebook here and the and sure. uh, so I'm I'm uh, I'm blinding my career move here. Go ahead. Anybody like to try the, the the phase two side of the uh, the, the challenge? Okay, well, one of the things that I would like to ask from either one of you guys, have you gotten any indication? I'm getting going to get down kind of into the nuts and bolts of, you know, who might show up to play and what they might bring. But I'm very curious, have you gotten any responses as to the size of the unmanned aircraft that are that are intended to be entered? Do you, do you Have you had any indications that, you know, somebody's going to enter a Global Hawk and, and you know, as the platform or – are they going to be something like a slow stick, or, or have you gotten any indications at all? I'm thinking uh, we lost our guest. I think that uh, either that or they're, they're on mute or something. Hmm. Okay. Well, with that said, I would like to say that even though there is a half a million dollar prize out there, if you've studied any of the uh, uh, the X game, uh, the X challenges that have been out in the past, the N-Series challenge, and those sorts of things, it's not a small effort to to come up with the phase one goals, if you will. I mean, it's 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 pretty extensive. You need to do quite a bit of R and D if you haven't done that already. And it has to be something that you can take out and not be theoretical. It's got to be taken out in the field and flown, and and you've got to be able to demonstrate those those goals that are needed for the the phase one. So you'll spend a lot of money getting to where you can at least try to demonstrate those capabilities. 
Absolutely. Hold on. I think we might have we got our guests back. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't know what uh, what happened there, but um, all right. We were um, about a hacker from a designated country, probably. <laughs> either yeah, either that or uh, NSA just finally hit the tap or something. Who knows? But uh, we're back now. Now I had a good question as I was saying. I think right before we got cut off, I got the notebook going and I'm outlining the business plan. So I need to know what the criteria is for phase two. Sure. So uh, this <laughs> to be the Mike, winner. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the level two. So, you know, building on what we talked about, the elements were for the phase one. Uh, the level two part of the competition would extend the requirements in all those areas, and then add the requirement to maintain safe separation from air traffic that's not equipped with ADSB, and then a requirement that the vehicle be able to communicate verbally with air traffic control systems under existing lost link conditions and procedures. So that's what the complexity level of, of phase two adds. And building upon uh, success, hopefully in phase one, the prize first to demonstrate phase two is a million dollars. So uh, the total for one and two is 1.5 million. All right, I think I could do something with that. But we are talking about a pretty complex problem that uh, so they need to let's see let's see and avoid non-cooperative aircraft. Correct? That is correct. So yeah, that's going to be a tough one. But you know, there is there is a a lot of money at stake and even more prestige if someone is able to uh let's say crack the uh the code on phase two. Now, I've already talked about some of the questions we'd kind of we'd kind of jumped ahead and, and Gene had some some uh or a good good question to ask about uh some of the aircraft you might uh encounter. So Gene, would you like to ask that question again, please? Yeah, we'll try that one more time, guys. Have you have you gotten any indication of what size of aircraft are going to be entered in the competition? Do you know of, uh, you know, is it going to be a Global Hawk type of deal, or is it going to be the, the, the smaller, you know, four-pound guys? Is it going to run the range? Have you gotten any feel for that at all? So we've uh, actually put out a, a notice for public comment. The rules are out on the Allied Organization website. Uh, right now, and the comment period closes, I believe, at the end of this week. Uh, and so we've asked for some more detail. Initially, uh, last fall, when we put out the RFI talking about the competition, we got about 35 different inquiries with the average size of the uh, vehicle looking to be 55 pounds or greater, up to the size of about a Cessna 150, roughly. So that seems to be the range of interest from our first inquiry, but we don't know yet until the comment period is closed if it'll be bigger or smaller. And uh, where, so, and where did the rules come from? Are, are these did, did you guys? How did I guess? How did the rules come about? And I know you just said you had the the uh, request for more information, but how, how did those rules come about? We've been working on the rules for better part of a, of a year internally you know, within within NASA and you know, our you know, technical experts and you know in the areas, and then we solicited and selected a, an organization to work with us to actually manage the competition and you know and and secure you know the airspace for us and and to do all that, and that's a, a group out of Dayton, Ohio called Development Projects Incorporated. 
And so once we got them on board in, in, uh, the, in the May time frame that, you know, this year, you know, we've been working pretty much full, you know, full speed with them to uh, come up with this set of draft rules. We started with a sort of a concept of operation and you know, some preliminary rules, and then you know, we work with them to come up with a set of rules that we put out for this you know, first round of draft public you know, comments. Hmm. And. Um and, and and so you put it out for comments, and uh, or you're already getting comments, and they seem uh, like you guys were on target. Or you, can you discuss that at all? Well, we haven't seen the closure uh, yet from the uh, latest one that we put out. Uh, the previous RFI, the one that we put out back in the fall, uh, that did seem to be on target. We had a lot of very constructive input. Uh, we had folks even ask us more questions back than than give us comment coming in. Uh, but we we very much thought it was all on target, and uh, we'll just have to see next week when this period closes what the new input is. Okay, so you're waiting for all of that to come in still. Um, all right, well we we did talk about that. So all you know, all the entrants themselves are responsible for all the required equipment. There's you you you've got to basically show up with all your stuff. What what do you? Uh, uh, what do you get from the contest? Is there there's no fee, or is there a fee to uh, enter into this? Uh, do you have to bring certain things to the with you, or you just kind of show up with what you want to kind of hit the con- or what you think you're going to need to to win the contest? Right, uh, Patrick. Right, that's a great question. Uh, right now, the the draft of the rules uh, and then the agreements for the teams that are out there. Uh, show that there is a registration fee from the allied organization to compete. Uh, I couldn't tell you right now what the end fee is going to be, but they are paying attention to affordability and participation. Uh, and so the contestants, folks who would want to come and, and compete, basically show up with their vehicle ready to go. It's, it's the responsibility of the contestants to do that. The only exception is what we're calling the tracker module, which is what I mentioned earlier in our discussion, where the uh, this is the device that uh, we want to put on it to track the movements of the vehicle. Other than that, the competitors are responsible for uh, providing all their equipment. Uh, it's primarily a, a function for the tracker module to provide independent real-time trajectory of the competitor, the aircraft, its position, and then to help the judges and safety personnel in monitoring. Uh, the tracker module, from our standpoint, is also going to uh, serve as an official data log for the service of the competitors, allowing them to record the sensor data and events of the flight uh, for a post-mission scoring and analysis. So that's a relatively small item of hardware, and the rest is up to the competitors. And then uh, what is the, uh, let's say, sensor integration or or the tracker integration like? Is it uh, something you know, uh, common voltage, common plug, or you just kind of get the loose pigtails and you integrate it in your own system, or are you calling out what it needs? Um, it's actually uh, in the uh, sample uh, for the team agreement. It actually has a picture in there of the device. It talks about what the requirements are for power, what the requirements are for transmission, and uh, it gives the contestants an idea of what they're going to have to integrate to uh, put it on the vehicle. So. Uh, that's our plan. It's a commercial off-the-shelf uh, technology. 
that our uh, program manager uh, thought was very useful. And it's light enough and small enough it shouldn't interfere at all with the vehicle's operation. Excellent, excellent. And that's good to know. That uh, really, uh, so everyone's going to get that. It's kind of the, let's say, the level playing field for everybody. You get the tracker, we get the data, we understand what you did, now you did it. So I, I kind of like that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we we make we try to make sure of when we run a, a challenge is that we do have some objective standards for determining whether or not somebody is qualified to win a prize and you know and just you know rank order people you know on the basis of you know objectively measured criteria. Yeah, well, and you guys kind of have that reputation of. Of, of running a square game, which is uh, another thing that I, I personally like about NASA. And uh, it sounds like that was uh, well thought out there. I mean, you know, no conjecture. We're, we're, we're downloading it right here. We know what we've got. We know what you did and how it performed um, and whatever else. Um, and so I know it's still a little early on this, but uh, you, a lot of interest, um, some interest. What, what, what's been the uh, feedback from the community? Uh, so far, it's been uh, pretty good interest. It's received an awful lot of uh, recognition, and uh, we've heard about it from several of the committees that NASA turns to for oversight for aviation. Uh, the uh, draft, as it went out last fall, was very well received. Uh, we've been asked about it several times. We've been up uh, on Capitol Hill here speaking with uh, staffs of legislators who are all very excited about it as well. Uh, and our partner uh, allied government organizations here are also uh, interested and uh, very supportive. So uh, quite a bit of uh, interest in the fact that uh, NASA is using the Centennial Challenges uh, vehicle here to put it out as a prize helps us solve a, a really hard technical problem. And uh, by the way, thank you for, for the compliment on running a square game. We, we do want to continue that, and that is a strong reputation. So that matters to all of us who have an equity in the in the uh, aerospace sector here. So well, and yeah, it, and it, it does continue a tradition. I mean, that is uh, we used to. I mean, I'm also the uh, Silicon Valley chapter president of AUVSI, and we used to meet at the flight ops at uh, at NASA Ames. And uh, you know, in that building, in the, in the room, the ready room, we would we would meet there, and all of the pictures on the wall of you know, and I'm sure you guys have been around for a while. I don't know if you've been around this long, but you know, late '70s, early '80s, and you know, the glossy color pictures of all of the different, uh, you know, let's say one-off aircraft and testing and all the rest of that. God, I mean, exciting times, and uh, I'm I'm really glad to see that. You know, NASA again is is jumping in here on the future of aviation technology and helping to move the ball forward because all of that stuff, a lot of those those aircraft are still in the hangars out at Ames, and if you get to go out to the hangar, it's it's pretty exciting. You guys been around that long at NASA? <laughs> or, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't really need anyone. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's uh, Patrick. It's it's really great to hear the acknowledgement of all the efforts that we've uh, undertaken over the years. And uh, we do see this as the future. We do see this as a R&D pursuit. It is something that needs to be done and getting a hold of the data uh, and determining really a baseline of where are we if we have a competition for the civil uh, UAS. What, what is the realm of possible? What will people demonstrate when we bring them all to a competition? And so that is a, a great deal in the spirit of moving things forward and uh, 
pushing the envelopes to get things integrated and get the data and then use it uh, for advancement and uh, technology readiness. Well, and, and the objectivity, I think, is really uh, something that is really needed here. And, and I I'm, it, it's just, you know, one of, the, one of the bigger companies comes up with a solution for this problem. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, concerned about the, the you know, I call it the TCAS handling theory. You know, we have the congressional mandates for the FAA, and you know, the date comes rolling around, and they go, oh, gee whiz, you know, we don't really have anything. Okay, well, you know, get on the blower. What's the closest we've got? And uh, they come around, and, you know, somebody, and I will, we'll just call them TCAS, says, hey, you know, here's what we got. Okay, we need it. We slap it in there. Is that the best solution? Possibly, possibly not. Um, and, and that's that's another thing that I really like about the contest that you guys are running. I mean, of course, there's a, a financial gain at the end of this deal, but it's all comers. You know, anybody comes in here, it's not just one guy, and we can we can objectively make that determination of of how to uh, best solve the problem, or maybe it's a partnership between you know, first and third or whatever to to make that uh, technology happen. And that I find very exciting. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting down towards the end. And like I told you before we get on the air every week, we're going to make 45 minutes and it just whizzes right by because we have great guests like you guys. How about the website where folks can learn more about this uh, this contest? Actually, I don't even know if I want to give that out because I think I want to ring that prize, but you know, just teasing <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what's the website on that? Uh, it's www.uasaoc.org, and you can go there and see all the information. And you've got uh, links to um, information that that contestants would would need to read and see. But uh, right, when do you think it'll be final? Final. We're hoping uh, to make this a fairly quick turnaround and uh, finalize it in September and open registration. Uh, you know, time's time's a waste in here for you know our time, uh, time scale of getting this thing done. You know, in in uh, uh, competition conducted in May, so we we want to we're not going to we're going to move ahead as quickly as possible. All right. Well, you know, and as I had offered up before, uh, you know, SUAS News will do whatever we can if you guys need to put out press releases or information or whatever. Um, I definitely uh, welcome any any information you want to send along that we can disseminate to the community, and also when it's going on or whatever, we are we are totally open to helping out in any way we can. And I'll just put that out there. Um, and Gene, I wanted to give you a chance. You know, as always, I kind of ran, ran past all that. Any any comments or questions you'd, you'd like to follow up with, sir? Well, I'm kind of agreeing with the guys that uh, times are, are wasting right now. We need to get on this thing. So I've, I'm totally behind this one, and I think the 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 ADSB usage and and that sort of thing is right on target. I think there's going to be some really cool stuff come out of this. Yeah, well, ADSB has a lot of a lot of promise. That is another thing. You know, I don't know. I don't want to get too uh, obscure out there, but uh, the the ADSB units are you guys outlining units? I know there's a couple of commercially available. Are there are are there any stipulations on that that you have to use, like say one of the three products, or 
uh, or different frequencies. Uh, is there any stipulations on that? Yeah, Patrick, uh, the the one that's pictured in the uh, the draft rules there is uh, a COTS commercial off-the-shelf system technology, uh, and that is a specific vendor and type. Uh, there are other options. Uh, that's up to our project manager that's implementing the challenge for us here at NASA. And uh, I think part of what we're looking for in the comment period is if that's too restrictive or if competitors or folks who have an interest don't like it, we'd like to hear more about that. Uh, but I think uh, for the purposes of the challenge, when we put the devices on the vehicles, it's going to be one uniformed product uh, for everybody. I don't know that we would uh, want to have a lot of variation uh, just for purposes of being fair. Okay, one one last question. Since that uh, RFI is still out there, is there a website where people could go and look and comment that you'd like to mention? Yeah, that's you know that the www.uasaoc.org. The rules are there. The uh, other governing uh, documents are there. People can go and download the documents and submit um, their comments you know, directly to our partner organization, you know, Development Projects, Inc. Excellent. Excellent. So there's still time to do that. I recommend everybody listening get out there, look at those, make your comments. I, I like that uh, idea that the public can comment on this. So, a uh, great idea. I'm, I'm, I wish you guys best of luck on that one. Again, we hope to hear from you in the future. Uh, Larry, Michael, thank you so much for being on or being our guest this week. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Hey, no problem. Uh, Gene, we'll uh, listen to you next week, buddy. Have a good week. Okay. All right. Goodbye, y'all.